Hey there, welcome to ATL and 29, a Peachtree Hoops podcast where we look at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. My name is Kevin Chenard. I'm here with Tyler Jones. And Tyler, I think the first question is, uh, for all Hawks fans, why this week? Why now? Why is everyone seem to be upside down, inside out, turned on their head? Because uh, it's not like this is a great basketball team gone bad. Is, is that is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I'm I'm with the in agreement with you. Uh, it probably has something to do with you know losing by twenty to a Knicks team <laughs> who are pretty bad, but. It has to be said, are playing better basketball since they fired David Fisdale. That is true. Which is something I didn't register until I actually watched this Knicks team play. And they, hey, man, the thing about the Knicks compared to the Hawks is they have a bunch of guys who are quality NBA players. Uh, You know, Markeith Morris, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, Todd Gibson. Uh the Hawks don't have that. <laughs> um, you could feel them imposing their physical strength. Exactly. Like, and, and the Hawks' biggest weakness right now is their big man rotation. That is by far their biggest weakness, and that's Knicks' strength. Like, you know, we make all the jokes we want about the Knicks being a team full of power forwards, but hey, those power forwards are bruisers, and right. the only guy who's willing to compete physically every possession is Alex Lynn. Um I hate to say the game kind of boiled down to Damian Jones being able to box out Miss Robinson, but once that happened, like... Wait, once what I mean, happened? It, it, once, once it became clear that Damian Jones simply could not box okay. out Okay, I thought Robinson, you were saying that he was rebounds. doing it. You, you lost me. No, you no. Made it, you wasn't. made it sound like he did do it. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I wasn't clear with my enunciation. I, I just ate <laughs> what, a pizza. What did I get for Christmas, Tyler? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but anyway, uh, once that became clear that Damian Jones physically had no answer for Mitchell Robinson, the okay. Hawks were in trouble. Right. Um, because you know, you, 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 Alex Lynn wasn't going to play thirty-five minutes that night, and even if he, even if he could do that, he wouldn't be that effective. Like, that's not what That's not you know, Alex Lynn's not a thirty-plus minute type of basketball player. And he played, you know, Alex played well enough. It's just that once Damian Jones couldn't do it, Lloyd Pierce looking at his bench, at his options, where it's like, well, I don't trust Bruno because he doesn't execute on either side of the ball. Um, So it's Jabari Parker at center time. And Jabari Parker, his his help defense has regressed significantly in the last couple of games, a couple weeks now. Like, it's been really bad. He's just not. It's more like as an ISO one-on-one player, he's fine. As but a, the Hawks as need more from ISO that. ISO one-on-one defensive player, defender. Just... Yeah, exactly. Okay, good. Like that's what I thought he'll hold up physically against. You know, he he did okay against Julius Randle. That's a, that you know he's solid in that role. He's not great in it, but he's solid in it. He was okay Everything against LeBron, else. even you know a couple yeah. times in that Lakers game. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, but. Off the ball, he's just such a disaster, and he doesn't – like, you have to be willing to help off Julius Randle if he's not, like – if he, especially, like, you know, help in a way where 
the defender just can't dunk the ball into Julius Randle for an easy layup. Like, you got to be a smart help defender. That's not what Jabari Parker is at any stage of his career. And he's really suffering from – and he's really been pretty bad at it recently. Mm-hmm. And then you go on the bench and it's like, well, Vince Carter, who, you know, bless him, he's in the right place, but he physically can't execute. Right. You know. I mean, it's part you, of it's you just can see, he's 6'5". I mean, he was – He's a he was a shooting guard. <laughs> exactly. He's just not like, that tall. You, you, like even if he holds up strength wise, he's not gonna get up into into um, Julius Randle's airspace. Exactly. And so like a lot of, a lot of the Knicks game just came to the bigs just being better. Like they were just better all night and they dominated physically. They got easy looks at the rim all game. Just attacking our bad. You know, rim protectors that you know, outside of Alex Lynn, that's that's all all currently that's all the Hawks have, and it's like it's really tough for me to be like, you know, I I I kind of wish more people would push back on this you know effort notion like oh we got to play harder or we got to do this and that I'm like self flagellation like I'm not about that, uh, and that's what I saw a lot of the Hawks quotes were from a lot of the Hawks players and everybody reporting on the team. But I'm like, the talent's not there. Like, the, the raw physical talent that you need to compete on a night-to-night basis isn't there for this team. If they go up against physically talented team, they're going to struggle. Like the, like, the Lakers game, the Lakers game boiled down to the fact that the Lakers uh, didn't make their open three-pointers. Like, they, they flat out, outside of LeBron James, they couldn't make their three-pointers. Right. And Anthony Davis was hurt, clearly. Like, he rolled his ankle, and he couldn't really attack the rim like he would like to. Right. Um, So the Hawks got lucky, and they almost took advantage. But, again, like, you can see the talent disparity that the Hawks are facing. They're facing such an uphill climb. They have to play perfect basketball for all 48 minutes just to have a chance to win every night. And that's a talent issue, guys. Like, I'm sorry – I mean, they got lucky against the Lakers, but at the same time, I feel like they did a good job making the Lakers take the kind of shots that you want the Lakers to take. Like, I mean, if LeBron's going to beat you and they beat you with 30-footers, he can do that because he's that good, but that's still the shot you want him taking. Um, You know, Anthony Davis, maybe it was because of his rolled ankle, but he was magnificent, like, low post possessions, but they were a lot of more fallaways, but he would just made them anyways. I mean, normally you think if, if you're a, def- you know, your, your defensive possession ends with somebody taking a fall away, you're like, you know, especially now in 2019, you know, that's typically looked at as pretty good defense. And I, I don't know. I, I thought they did a good job against the Lakers, but you know, the Lakers are just a better team, obviously. And like you said, they missed a lot of threes. So that that kind of fudged the margin of difference between what the two talent levels are right now, like you're saying. And actually, this actually brings up a pretty good point. The Lakers were missing shots. The Knicks, to start the game, weren't. Nope. And all of a sudden, the, the, the Hawks players just forgot the game plan entirely. Like, they just started, like they started sprinting to R.J. Barrett for some reason, <laughs> even though he can't shoot. Like, they started right. trying to close out on him. They were closing out on Julius Randle. From the three-point line which is dumb like you know the Knicks were making bad shots early in the first first quarter and then like the Hawks 
instead of continuing to execute the game plan, uh, play one-on-one defense basketball instead of team defense, and they kind of just they kind of got disconnected there, and that and that ha- that has happened a lot this season, and that just it's a factor of youth, man. These guys are young, like they don't like Kevin. It's hard to win in the NBA. Like it, <laughs> it is. That's just the truth. Like team, and sure. especially there's a lot of talented teams. There's a lot of good basketball players in this league, and you know when when you don't execute the scheme on defense. You're gonna have breakdowns, and those breakdowns leads to easy layups, and that's something the Hawks have been struggling with. Particularly, again, when Alex Lynn isn't in the game, it's fairly clear that they simply can't get consist. They don't execute consistently on defense. Like Damian Jones, who again, I I pretend that he has been better, but the Knicks game was a was a regression for him for um, sure. as a basketball player. I thought he was fairly terrible on in all aspects of the game. He just wasn't there physically. Right. And if he's not going to be there physically, Jabari Parker is definitely not going to be there physically. And it's just it's just a snowball effect where well our two four and five guys aren't there. You know we're going to try DeAndre Hunter against Julius Randle now and that's not going to work. Right. Like Julius Randle like Julius Randle for all his flaws, is a, still a good basketball player. Oh, of course. And he knows how to take advantage of young guys who don't know how to use their body effectively, which DeAndre Hunter doesn't know how to do yet because, again, he's a rookie. You know, he, he competes physically, but, you know, it, it takes time to build that grown man strength that you need to compete in the NBA on the block. Yeah. And he doesn't he's, have it. He's going to get it. Yeah, he's going to get there, but he doesn't have it. Uh, compared to a uh, you know a Julius Randle who's very good at put right. putting guys in bad position and scoring like that's, that's how he makes his money right? and, and yep. you know the you know you, you'd be like all right maybe try Evan Turner but Evan like we've seen Evan Turner like on offense he's just right it, it it's tough like Evan Turner just hasn't been good this year like I thought you know to me I thought Turner was pretty solid to start but like I, I i just don't i personally just don't think turner's healthy and you know i i, I like I, I don't know it's just it's just hard like it's clear pierce is trying to fix at least one side of the ball by playing all offensive units now because he doesn't like the, the defensive units have just cratered the team on offense but it i mean it's just tough like pierce doesn't have a full deck uh you know he's missing his ace and he's missing his you know his big joker and John Collins like probably either coming into the season you would have said John Collins was the team best player he's missed him for the majority of the season and the Hawks don't have a replacement for him um, uh, in the in the sense that he's probably the only two way big on the roster and it's hard to win in the NBA if you don't have two way big men like that's just that's just the reality of this league since I've been watching it since two thousand. And whatever, like since I've been a fan of the NBA, if you don't have two way big men, you're just going to struggle to win games in this league because it because every team is good. Like every team has a guy who can get to the rack and finish through weak defenders. If you don't have guys who can physically challenge them at the rim, it's just going to be a struggle. Okay, so two part question. Uh, 
John Collins comes back in five days. You've got 96 minutes to split up amongst your power forwards and your centers. How is Lloyd Pierce going to carve up those 96 minutes in your eyes, in your estimation? And how would you do it if, if it was up to you? I mean, I, it'd probably be what it was before the suspension. John plays about 33 minutes at the four and the five. Um, Alex and Damien split the center position, uh, depending on how many minutes John plays there. Like, so. I mean, I guess that's the key question is, yeah, you, you, you'll fill in the rest from there, but how much does John Collins play at center because of what the center position is? If, if, if that helps you narrow it down. I mean, do the arithmetic. here's the thing, like, the minutes John Collins isn't playing a power forward is probably going to be a problem for this team defensively. Um, just because unless you're going to play DeAndre Hunter at the four, I don't trust Jabari Parker to execute um, defensively at the four at all. And so it, it's going to be, it, is DeAndre Hunter up to the task to play that position, you know, at the four? Because we haven't mentioned his name, but, you know, quietly, I thought I thought Cam Reddish was pretty good last night, and I actually thought wish he played even more than the twenty six minutes that he played, um, just because of his help defensive instincts, and that's something that you know this team has sorely lacked since John Collins hasn't been you know there right. as a as a help guy. But like it's it's tough. Like I mean, the problem is they they need another center. Like, I think you and me both agree, like, they need a starting caliber center just so that you're not having to rely on Damian Jones, who I, I think is okay, but he's not somebody who should be playing 20-plus minutes every night. Like, I, I trust Alex Lynn 20-plus minutes every night. I don't trust Damian, especially against the – especially against certain teams, against certain lineups. I think he can get taken advantage of. His, I mean, his inability, like, they can't grab a, they still can't grab a rebound with him on the floor. And, you know, he's, he comes and goes as a rim protector. And, you, you know, on the other end, you, you can't play Bruno at all. The second you play Bruno, you got eight different fires now. And <laughs> even though he has, like, even though Bruno does have the physical talent to do every, like, he has the, of the centers on the roster, he probably has the most natural talent of the three guys. Um, but you know, he just like, you know, he, he doesn't know, he doesn't know how to play in the NBA. And we got, we got a bunch of young guys who don't know, who barely know how to play in the NBA. Like Cam Reddish is just now starting to walk as an NBA player. Like he's just now starting to make good decisions, uh, consistently on right. offense and his defense has got like Cam Reddish. I think Cam Reddish doesn't get enough credit for how good he is, has been defensively. Because mm-hmm. um, I think he's actually gotten a lot better. Yep. Um, he's starting to impose his will physically on guys. He's you know getting after it. He's blocking like he's he's been a problem. Like and he gets rebounds. Like he he executes pretty well defensively. And like I I, I feel Lloyd Pierce a big reason why Bembry's minutes has gone away is just that you know Cam Reddish kind of does Bembry's role, except he has more offensive upside 
as a shooter, even though, you know, neither Bembry or Reddish are making shots consistently. That stuff? Think, wait, wait, wait. I mean, Bep, uh, Red, Reddish has made his shots in December. Uh, but I mean in the totality on the, of the season. Right? I guess so. I mean, uh, for a rookie, I mean, if it takes you a month to get it figured out, and then in your second month you look like you're doing it, I, I don't have a problem saying that you kind of might be able to do it. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't. I'm okay. not in disagreement. Yeah, I, okay, I, I just thought he's been shooting. Reddish well. is a much better shoot. I, function Reddish is clearly a much better shooter than Bembry. Right. I'm just saying the results aren't there. Okay. Right. So, like, even though the results aren't there, like, I trust Reddish more as a shooter than I do Bembry. Right. Like, the, the shot release just isn't smooth for an NBA player, mm-hmm. and at his size, like, you know, it's just tough. It's just tough. For him to get minutes now because like I, I feel like Reddish is kind of kind of does what he does on bo- really on both ends of the floor. He just has more natural talent and the Hawks are investing more in Reddish than they are Bembry. So that kind of sucks for Bembry who I think is a useful NBA basketball player in this league and but you know that's just sadly he's just not taller. Like if he were taller you can play him at the four and maybe you know the Hawks wouldn't have all these you know, issues, but he's just, you know, he's six four, four, six five. Like it's just not going to cut it No, at the power four position. And the real, the really, the reason why Vince Carter is able to do it is because he's a much, much better shooter, even though again, For the results sure. haven't been there. Yeah. And, uh, did <laughs> I'm flabbergasted because I want to go back to my other question, which is, how how much does John play at center when he comes back? I, I want to run with what you just said, but I still I don't feel like we dealt with that yet. Yeah, but I feel like with the roster it's being what it is, team, it's gonna it's gonna depend on the team they play. Like if they play a team with it, it I, like I, I don't know because even John has his troubles against certain big men. It's kind of hard to pinpoint who those big men are in this league. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, he's probably the best center on the team. I mean, he, he is the best center on the team, so he's going to get a healthy amount of minutes playing center probably this season, which what he was doing the first five games. Uh, so I, I would wage around 10, 10 or 10 to 15 so minutes. I could, I could see – Honestly, I can see John's minute allocation being split evenly between power four and center. Okay. Um, and it's really just gonna gonna be matchup dependent slash uh are my is you know Alex Lynn is he catching the ball today or is Damian Jones boxing out, you know, better today? Like I I think it's just gonna depend on how well those two guys are playing. Because if they're if they're playing poorly. Like, I could just see Pierce going away. All right, we're going John Collins at center, and we'll figure it out from the four and, and go from there. But uh, that that's probably how I'd base it on. Like, regardless, John's going to play upwards of 33-plus minutes a night because they they so desperately need him uh, just on every aspect of a basketball player that they have sorely missed him as a, on this team and – you know, it, it's going to be a welcome sight when he comes back so that, you know, all this crying. Because that, that <laughs> like, I'm sorry, Kevin, that's what this is. It's a bunch of crybabies crying. 
Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if it's from the fans. I don't know if it's from the, from the, you know, management, ownership, coach, you know, individual players. Like, they're all just whining about something. And, and me, I'm... I'm like, what, what do, you, what do y'all, what are y'all mad about? Like to me, I'm, I'm, I was frustrated. I, I mean, I've been frustrated during the season. Trey Young's played incredible. The rest of the team isn't ready to win. That's frustrating to watch. I, I imagine it's frustrating to be a player playing for the Hawks, re- recognizing that, you know, Trey Young is doing everything for us, and we can't, you know, we're not, you know, at least on offense, on defense, he's been, a, he's kind of been a disaster recently. Right. Uh, but, you know, like I, I imagine as a player, I'd be frustrated that if, if I'm not getting minutes or if I am getting minutes and I'm not, you know, I'm not converting the looks that Trey Young is giving me. I, you know, I'd be frustrated with myself. I'd be frustrated with my, you know, with with the world, really, because I mean, it's it's frustrating. Trey Young is having one of the best seasons in Hawks history. Like I offensively. It's been. My, as my lifetime as a Hawks fan, nobody has come close to what Trey Young has done as an offensive basketball player. Nobody. It's not even. It's not even the realm. There are multiple teams in the last decade plus that if the Hawks had Trey Young, they'd be actual title contenders. But they didn't. So, like, if you're a Hawks fan, understand something. You have the superstar talent that we that the Hawks as an organization haven't had since Dominique Wilkins last suited up. Like that, that, that is an undeniable. At this point, it's getting close to being an undeniable fact. Right now, the hard part comes into building a team that can win a title with Trey Young. You know, potentially as your best player, but maybe not. Right? Is it like that? This it's part of a quote-unquote process. I know nobody wants to say this, but you know, I would imagine Schlenk wants to draft another superstar. You know, another All NBA caliber basketball player. To go along with Trey Young, to go along with John Collins, who could potentially get there, we'll see. But uh, you know, I would imagine Schlenk wants to draft a couple more of those guys before they really try to win at a high level. Like this, this organization doesn't want to be an HC. Like they don't want the HC this season. Like right. regardless of what the players say, <laughs> management right. doesn't want that. But what they they also don't want these embarrassing blowouts. But again, the embarrassing blowouts are happening because you don't have the quality big men necessary to compete on a possession by possession basis. You just don't. Like that's the reality of this team right now. And until John Collins steps on the floor, it's probably going to be this way. You're just going to have to rely on Damian Jones figuring out on Alex Lane catching the basketball, which you know is an adventure. Uh, and you know. Jabari Parker just trying to f- refinding his earlier form when he was dunking with everything instead of what he's doing now, which is not passing the basketball. Like he's too many times Jabari on offense is just dribbling into traffic without a plan and getting getting in trouble. Okay. Uh, going back to John. I'm sorry to keep going to John. Just <laughs> we. I mean, it's said, kind of interesting question. He's yeah, what? Yeah. I mean, he's he's a huge part of this team, and he hasn't played, and they weren't that talented to begin with. So, Yeah, I mean, I think that's an interesting question. I think change is coming just based on him coming back. So, 
you say he's going to play 15 minutes a night, maybe maybe 10. You know, like you said, it's matchup based. I, I kind of agree with that. I think a lot of times Lloyd Pierce is going to feel his way in the first half, and there are going to be nights where it's, it's a lot of John at center in the second half based on what kind of feedback he gets. Um, but but who do you think can, he's can taking? Just, the, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, no, can I just good. quickly add Lloyd Pierce is a good coach. Oh, like, yeah. he's really, really good, good at that. that. He's really good at what you just said, of feeling out what's going on and countering. Like, okay, this this rotation doesn't work. I'm going to go with this and try to get something. The problem is, currently, he only has – he doesn't have enough chess pieces to play that game when they're not playing well. Like, it, like he doesn't have insert X player here to give me, give me more rim protection. Like, it's just Alex Lynn. And yeah. – you know, he again, like I said, he can. He, he they, clearly the Hawks don't feel comfortable playing Alex Lynn more than six minutes at a time. You know, at most. Um, so, like I, you know, his, his hands are tied. Like, but go ahead, go ahead with the question. Sorry, just I just think it's ridiculous that no, that's he's fair. potentially on the hot seat with this type of roster. Like, so on the aggregate, where 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 did who who whose minutes at center is John taking? Like. Who whose center minutes are is John? I mean, and can you play John with Damian Jones? Can you play John with Alex Len? You know, relatively speaking, how good are those fits? Well, I mean, considering Alex Len, John Collins lineups were good defensively, and it's the only time this season that Hawks ever got stopped was when those two were on the floor for the first five games of the season. Right. I would hope those two play a lot, and that mm-hmm. Damian Jones minutes get significantly reduced. Like, yeah. Damian Jones is a 10-minute player. Uh, you play him for five minutes. If he has it going, you play him for five more minutes. If he doesn't, John just plays the rest of those minutes, and Alex Lynn, you know, at the center, and Alex Lynn plays more. Like, that, to me, that's the ideal. Um, yeah, I think that's what's coming. But it, yeah, and I, I agree with you. I think a lot of the reason why Damian Jones is starting alongside Jabari Parker is because Alex Lynn wasn't making three-pointers and Jabari Parker wasn't making three-pointers. And Alex Lynn has questionable hands. So, like, you're not – you're getting no space. Like, the, yeah. the spacing was all wonky. Like, they need to fix the offense somewhere. They need somehow. to at least Jabari keep Parker. Trey rolling and, and Damian Jones' ability to roll at least least keeps Trey on track, which is the one damn thing that they've done right all season, which is keep exactly. him on track. Exactly. But now that – if John is back, now – you can get away with playing Alex Lynn because John doesn't need, unlike Jabari Parker, and I, I said this on Brass Pot, John doesn't necessarily need space to score. Right. Because he's such a high flyer and he has great hands and he's a great roller. Like Jabari's not a good roller. That's that's another factor, you know, of why, you know, Jabari and Damian are starting. I, I feel like a lot of it has to do with the fact that like you said, they wanted to keep Trey Young going, but you know, with Alex Lynn playing better offensively, I would have liked, I still would have liked to see um, Lloyd go back. But I can understand, like I understand, I understand the logic. But right. now that when John Collins comes back, I would like for Alex Lynn to be starting again, so that the Hawks can have some actual teeth around the rim. Like they can have some actual teeth around the rim where guys just can't go and get a free layup. Like, if they go in there with some weak crap, it's going to get rejected, and they're going to get the defensive rebound. Like, that, that, that lineup is going to rebound. That lineup is going to protect the rim. If they do nothing else, 
That's what they're going to do. And that's what this Hawks team needs. Because if they can just calm that down, then they can play basketball. Because a lot of a lot of their problems is they simply can't get stops at all because they can't protect the rim. Right. And they, when they do get stops, they can't grab the defensive rebound, and it kills them. <laughs> yeah, it no. just kills them. Yep, and, and it kills their confidence on both ends of the floor when you can't rebound. And Jabari's like, the leading rebounder, six six rebounds a game. And Jabari's not good at it. He's mm-hmm. terrible. He doesn't box out. He's, he doesn't sky for a rebound. He's in the he's, middle. He's bad at it. He's bad at it in the sense that he, he doesn't consistently box his man out. That's something for all like for all of John Collins' flawed defenders before this season, that's the one thing John Collins was really good at was that at least he would put his butt on a man. Oh, for sure. And that's something Jabari yeah. does he's not way, do. John's Damian way better Jones, than Jabari at that, sure. Damian Jones doesn't know how to box out at all. Like no. it's comical looking at him trying to do it. He's really like Damien just is better. Alex Lynn is pretty good at get, get contesting a shot, getting back to his man, and securing the rebound, or allowing for somebody to secure the rebound by boxing out the biggest guy going for the offensive rebound. He's pretty good at doing that. If That's you combine good. that with John Collins' ability to be as a quality help defender and as a guy who will sky for a defensive rebound while also boxing his man out, like. Now, all of a sudden, you turn your biggest weakness into a strength where now you can grab – now, all of a sudden, you can grab rebounds. You can push it on the fast break. You can score easy buckets in transition with Trey Young and Kevin Herter on the wings, you know, shooting three-pointers. Now, life isn't so hard. Now, everything is not so difficult. Like, a lot of – and I feel like they know this. So, my – I guess my frustration is now is why is everybody so damn mad? <laughs> like Christ. I feel like, I feel well, like there the shouldn't be any that. smoke around Lloyd Pierce. He knows like, all the these players things. know that. Yeah, yeah I feel like they, everybody knows this. Yeah. Why are you mad? Like I can yeah. get it. You're frustrated that you haven't won games. I think but I guess think part what? of it though is, is you you hit on it before, which is when a team says time and time again, "Well, we just have to get our effort right. If we try really hard, you know, we didn't we didn't have it tonight, but if we come back tomorrow." And, and we really, really, really try harder. You know, if if you hear that over and over again, that's a red flag, right? And it's not a red flag. It's not a red flag of them not trying. It's a red flag of okay, there's something else wrong. Like you, if you put that out there once, twice, okay, maybe it was about effort. But you know, it's you put it out there six times, seven times in a short span, and it's like, oh, if, if somebody believes that. It's about effort. It's about effort. I mean, I don't know. You know but what I mean? Here's it's the just, thing. It's, it's the a... coach. The, the coach is always going to blame the effort. He's not going to blame the players. Like exactly. Well, that's the thing. It's a strategy. It's a it's a strategy. But if you take that strategy literally and think, okay, I'm being told it's about effort, then it's like, well, why why is there no effort? And people panic about the lack of effort when it's really not an issue of effort. Now. I will say one thing that they're all they're pretty bad at, except for two basketball players. Uh, is they're bad. Like it's it's funny enough. Like Cameron, he gets a lot of flack for his poor body language when he makes a mistake and he hangs his head. Right. But that's just because he shows it. A lot of guys on this team do the same thing. They just are better at not showing their emotions. Uh, in particular, I I find that when Jabari Parker makes. It, 
when Jabari Parker messes up on offense, he never gets back on defense. And it's such like it that's clearly effort, right? Uh, when Damian Jones, when Damian Jones starts fouling and gets in a rut, gets in his own head, all of a sudden he just he just stops becoming a basketball player and he just loses he kind of gets in a, a rut and loses a plot. You know, and, and you can go down the list. That don't, the guys who are mentally tough on this team are Trey Young, who it doesn't matter if he makes a dumb play on offense. He's going to keep attacking because he has such high levels of confidence in himself. And oddly enough, Alex Lynn, who he will boof a pass, but he rushes back on defense. He doesn't let it affect his effort, and he'll try it again. Like, he'll go for a dumb dunk attempt, get it blocked, but try to get the rebound again and try to score anyway. Like he, like Alex Lynn is pretty strong mentally, considering all the easy chances he 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 kind of fails fails with due to you know his poor hands. But that's why that's why I have a lot of respect. But it's, for it's Alex all Lynn this player. is all like I mean I don't I don't really disagree with anything that you just said there, but I mean it's kind of apples and oranges because you're saying that Trey tries in regards to the next time he needs to attack on the offensive end. But, you know, does he attack on defense? You know what I mean? And then with Alex, it's like, okay, he doesn't get it on his own head on defense. If he mess, if he fumbles the ball, he'll get back and protect the rim, get rebounds. But, you know, as good as he's been, he kind of got in his own head for for a month as far as this shot. Like, now that he's got it going again, I'm pretty confident that he's going to keep that shot for the rest of the year. But... Man, he he was he just psyched himself out for a month. Yeah, I mean he did, but that that month <laughs> when he was psyching himself out, the Hawks, you know, were winning games. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just unfortunate that he's playing, you know, some pretty good basketball on a per possession basis while the rest of the team has fell apart. So hopefully he continues this form when, you know, you get somebody like John Collins back. And I, I, I will say this. I do think they are, they are, of all the things they're missing with John Collins, I think the, visit, the biggest one is his consistent energy. Uh, like, it doesn't matter what the score is. It yep. doesn't matter and I think energy on the floor with him. Energy in a basketball sense, but also just energy in a personal sense. I think he's... I think he's kind of a vibrant person who can kind of pick the energy up among his teammates a little bit. Yeah, and and I mean they they missed that. He's like quite frankly, he's probably the, he probably was like the way he was talking to begin the season, he was clearly setting himself up to be the leader of this team and they've mm-hmm. missed him yeah. like flat out. So it's going to be on him. Like that 25 game suspension he got that was on him. He's yeah. got to eat that for yep. the rest of the season. But at the same time, he's got to grow up. Like he, he has to personally take personal responsibility, which I, I'm confident he will. And he's got to rally the rest of these guys to pick him up when he comes back because they need him desperately. They needed him last season, and it's the same thing now. It's just a different type of need. They need him to be an all-star caliber player on both ends of the floor, a two-way big man. And they, they, they just they need him. Like that. There's no other way to put it. There's no other way to sugarcoat. All this BS that's been going on for the past week or so about guys being angry and delusional about the talent on this roster or, or delusional about their personal talent for guys who are complaining about lack of playing time, which I don't care for that because 
Like, if you are good enough, if you're not good enough to play on this team, I, I don't know, man. Like, but like, you know, when John comes back, I feel like one thing is clear: they're going to get consistent energy, which is something consistent energy that results in buckets on both ends and blocks and all the highlight plays, like, they're going to get that back. And that's something they've missed, and that's something that'll that'll pep them up um, in ways that, you know, you can't really quantify analytically, but yeah. you can just see it on the floor. And that's some like, every night, I, it, I mean, it's just hard to get so mad at this team <laughs> at the, on a game-to-game basis where it's like, well, you know, you're, they might be missing their best player, right? Right. Uh, so it's just, you know, I'm, I'm happy he's coming back Monday. I, they I are who we thought we before. are. They were. Yeah, I tweeted this before. The season's going to start again when, when once he comes back. So that, that's going to be good. And, you know, we'll, we'll see how, how they go moving forward uh, with John. But they they need him more than uh, they clearly need him more than just in his basketball sense. They need him. They need him as a person and as a leader and as an upbeat individual who can keep spirits high even when you're getting your head drugged in. Because like he, they just need that. They just they just do because they're young and they don't know better. Like a lot of these guys are used to winning at the lower levels, and this is the NBA, and they're getting their teeth kicked in for the first time in their lives. And that's just that's just the process of rebuilding. Like I, that that's how it goes sometimes. Um, you you talked before about people being mentally tough, and I, I think it's, I think it's actually going to be easier because it's all going to happen in a very short time frame. But they're going to need John to be mentally tough, I think, because one, I think there's a certain social component to coming back from this sort of thing that he's going to have to deal with, but I think he's just going to be rusty. Like if he stays healthy, like I think in February and March when the schedule gets soft and he has a couple fewer months on his legs than everybody else, I think he's going to be killing fools. But if he comes back in game one, game two, it doesn't look great immediately. My jaw isn't going to hit the floor because you know, NBA game speed is just a different gear that he's not seeing. And I think it might take him a couple of games and that, you know, coming into shitstorm number one that's already going on, plus coming back from, you know, the thing that he's coming back from, which, you know, obviously isn't a great thing and it's his fault. Uh, but that's might not be easy. Uh, I mean, I think over the long course of things, he's going to be just fine. But man, it could be a shitstorm, you know, a week into it if he doesn't look good right away. And that that's a real possibility, I think, just because the NBA game is fast, it's strong, it requires accuracy and precision, and he's going to be feeling his way out for all of these things. Hopefully he's got this huge adrenaline rush and it works the right way for him, but, I mean, it's a real thing in my opinion. I don't know. Yeah. Um, maybe rust here and there, but... I don't know. I've, I've like, I've watched every game of John Collins' career. Yeah, I can count on one hand the amount of times I thought he played poorly as a basketball player. Like I, like he's, 
the, the thing that I really enjoy about John is that he knows how to, like, he's young, but he knows how to positively contribute even without scoring the basketball. So I would, I might, I, I'd, I'd agree with you. I could, I could see him struggling, um, you know, to, to finish around the rim. Maybe he has a couple, couple finishes where he usually, you know, lays it in, but his, his timing isn't there and he's not used to the physicality because he hasn't, he hasn't done it in a month and a half. But what I'm not worried about is how hard he plays. Oh, uh, no. I, because I, I he, he sent, no, no, but sure. I think that's, but that's his talent. Like, that's his overwhelming talent okay. is how hard he plays. Right. In the sense that he's going to find a way to positively contribute to winning. <laughs> and so that's why yeah. I'm not that concerned about John Collins coming back. Even if the numbers aren't there, they just need. Pierce is going to play him in eight three-minute stretches. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> nah. he's going to gas play, himself. Pierce might play him. He's gonna play him. He might play him forty plus, man. I don't know. Like, like with all this quote unquote heat around him, John Collins gonna get as many minutes as he wants. Uh, so that's gonna be that's gonna be fun to see. But I'm not like I'm I'm never concerned about John just because he knows how to like he knows how to play good basketball and he's done it the entirety of his career. And so I'm not I'm not I'm personally not worried even if the even if like the scoring isn't there. Or, you know, maybe he fouls too much because he's not ready. Like, on the whole, he's just going to be such a boon because he's the biggest thing he's going to do early is he's going to push, you know, he's going to push right. Vince Carter from playing the 15-plus minutes to maybe play, play him eight if he's got it going. You're going to push Jabari Parker down to the 21, 22-minute range where, where he belongs. <laughs> Instead of the – or however many he's playing, like push, you know, you know, Jabari down. He's gonna push Damian Jones down. Like yeah. he's gonna push guys who are playing too much, too many minutes at the moment down. And you're gonna get John Collins, even if it's not 100% John Collins. Like that's still better than what we've seen the last couple of weeks or so. For sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, another thing that kind of came out of the effort talk all this you know all the it's not even really related to the effort but just some of the things in in the platitudes that come out that are platitudes for a reason because it's much easier to talk about platitudes than anything specific i think it's you know good for good for the pub good for the front face and the outward face of the organization uh to have these platitudes but you know one that kind of came up with lloyd yesterday was you know, talking about not having a vocal leader. And I asked him actually about that a few weeks ago, and I think the answer may have been different then. But in any case, it's not the point I want to get into. What I want to get into is this, which is how much do you worry about the dynamic of having such a young team? You know, all these players that were drafted by Travis Schlank. And, you know, they're filling out the bulk of the rotation along with Damian Jones, Alex Len, you know, guys that Schlenk brought in. But then he also brought in some longer-term vets, right? He's got Evan Turner, who isn't playing much now. Chandler Parsons, who isn't playing much now. Uh, Alan Crabb is playing because he's healthy. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just curious about this, which is, you know, for a team that is young and doesn't have a voice, is it a weird dynamic to have 
all these super young guys playing and then the vets who might be counseling them just on the sideline. And, I mean, every NBA player is a ridiculous competitor to get to where they are. Um, it's got to be hard, right? I mean, and they're probably simmering, and rightfully so. Not because they deserve to play, but I'm sure that's a hard thing to deal with. And, you know, I think there's a weird locker room dynamic with all these young guys trying to figure out what the hell they're even doing in the NBA. And then, you know, a small number of the people who could actually help them aren't in the rotation and they might not be that happy about it. I guess. I Look, I played football for the majority of my life. Leadership apparently only comes up when you're losing. <laughs> when you're winning, okay. apparently right. everybody's a good leader and we all play well. But when you're losing, all of a sudden you have a lack of leadership and you need somebody to be a rah-rah guy. Like, that's crap. I don't believe in that nonsense. Yeah, I mean, I was, me, I was calling it leader, leadership. Leadership to me is what, is what John Collins has done for the majority of his career, which is regardless of the score, regardless – of the record, regardless of whatever, I'm going to do what I can to help my team win and play as hard as I can. That's leadership. That's the leadership that if we want to talk about, you know, what's been missing, it's that. It's that consistent effort, you know, because I see it when these guys, when other teams go on run, you know, Trey Young brings his pride to the table where it's like, I'm pissed that we're losing, so I'm going to do everything I can offensively, you know, to bring my team back. And then I'm going to actually try on defense when, you know, if you would have brought that effort to start, maybe would, you know, on defense in particular with Trey, because you do see it when they're, when they're in a role, when they're in a hole, you, you will see Trey's effort pick up just because he's pissed and he doesn't want to be embarrassed. And I, you know, that's understandable, but, He's got to bring that type of effort consistently throughout the amount of minutes that he's going to play. It's, it's a hard burden for him, but he doesn't do it. And I, I would imagine his teammates get pissed that he doesn't. Um, so, like, that's where, you know, it's hard for Trey to be a leader in that regard. And it, it's hard for him because he's, he's not that big, right? right. Um, you know, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, a rookie. And, you know, nobody cares what a rookie has to say. But they're playing heavy minutes. And I would imagine the guys behind them who aren't playing anymore aren't happy that they aren't playing because this is their livelihood. Like this, you know, they're, they may not be in this future plans, but they got plans for next season. They want to be in this league still. They want to put out good tape and you can't do that. If you're not going to play. So I'm, I would, I would be frustrated if I was in their position. I understand. Um, but that's life in the NBA. Yeah. You're on a team that's rebuilding. They're going to play the young guys. Um, you know, the only person I can I, I will hear playing time, you know, being mad about the lack of playing time is Alex Lynn because he's demonstrably better than Damian Jones. And Bruno Fernando has no business in a single second on the floor. But guess what? <laughs> this team isn't trying to win every game. Right. They're trying to develop these guys. They're trying to see if they can get something out of Damian Jones, right? Right. While they have him on, on this, if they want to extend the qualifying offer or not. Because Damian Jones, for all his faults, does have talent. Like, he does have talent. Yeah. And I mean, he's very good know, on He offense. will flash. 
he will flash some positive stuff on defense from time to time. It's just not consistent. And that's leadership to me. Paul Millsap was one of the best leaders I've ever seen in a Hawks uniform because he brought it consistently every night on defense while being 6'6", you know, having to play center. One season, he was the team's best center right. uh, playing alongside Dwight Howard, and he brought it every night even though that team had no chance. That's leadership to me. I always liked the Ian Silva Millsap front court. Is and was Paul Millsap some rah rah yell yell at everybody? You know, tell people where to go. You know, hold people quote unquote accountable. Which, what does that mean? Like this is the NBA. They're professionals. They hold themselves accountable. They know when they're messing up. They know they know what's good and what's bad. Like I, like that's 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 just words. Like they're words that have no meaning to me. If you want to be a good leader in this in this league, you bring it consistently on both ends, every possession. You execute whether whether they whether your guy who's a bad three pointer makes makes a jump shot or not. You don't you execute the game plan on that individual. That's good leadership. You know, if 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 Pierce is mad about that, I would be in agreement. They have no at this moment. They have no leader outside of Trey Young on offense who is right now the only guy who's consistently making the right play on on that side of the floor everybody else they're they're young like they're young they're not going to be leaders they're not going to be good in the nba when you're when you're 21 22 23 years old uh it's hard there's 450 nba players um and a bunch of them are really good on both ends of the floor they make good money for a reason, because they're good and they're proven vets, and the Hawks are going up against that every night, and they're just struggling because they don't know, like they just don't know how to win in this league, and that takes time. Like that's a process, you know. That that that's just the truth of things. And until Schlenk comes down and puts together, put gives this team some roster talent that will help the young guys play better potentially. Until Swank does that, it, it's going to be this way. And I, again, I'm I'm with you. Like I understand the vets being mad, but that's they know what the game is. Right. They've been in the NBA. This is what happens when you're on bad team. They prioritize their young guys. That's that's not a surprise. Like and you know, that's tough. And so when when everybody's like, oh, the, the locker room is toxic. I'm like, no, it's not. They're just losing games and they're frustrated because they have pride in the professionals and they're not used to this amount of losing. But that's life, man. Like that's <laughs> that's life in the NBA. Like you think the Pelicans players are happy right now? They've lost 13 games in a row. They have veteran talent and they're still losing. You know, they got a bunch of guys who've been in the league four, five, six, seven years, and they're losing games every night because they don't have the talent. Like yeah. I'm, you know. The, you think the Bulls are happy right now? Like, they got talent, and they're not winning. Is it their fault? No. It, it's management's fault. The roster, you know, it's the coach is bad, and the roster isn't optimized for what the talent they have on the team. Like, you know, maybe the Hornets are happy because it's a bunch of happy-go-lucky guys who didn't expect to be, you know, even this halfway decent. It, it, you know, I'm, do, do you understand what I'm saying about this? Kevin, like, 
are there yeah. only five good leaders in the NBA because they're only five good teams? <laughs> like it's, that's nonsense. Like this, yeah, I no. hate I hate the leadership discussion because the be, the great leaders in this league never get credit for it. Paul and I'll say it's it again, not Paul even leadership. It's not leadership so much as that. There's there's this dissonance between like Travis Schlenk can make all the right GM moves and be a good general manager. Lloyd Pierce can be a good coach and make the right coaching moves. You know, Travis has to keep some of these guys on the roster because, you know, he's got to pay them anyways. And even if they're not playing, they have value in terms of these might be guys that you trade later on. So they stay on the roster even if you have no intention of actually using them or playing them. And then, you know, Pierce has him in the locker room and he's making the right decisions. He's, you know, playing these young players. He's teaching them everything that he can. And, you know, you look at a guy like Cam Reddish and he's making strides, but. You know, somehow there's this, you know, even if the coach does the right coach thing and the GM does the right GM thing, there's, you know, there's still that middle ground in the middle where just, you know, people are going to be unhappy, not necessarily whether they were supposed to be leaders or not, but it's just, it's just a weird experience imbalance. You know, the, the, the ratio of who's playing and who's experience in the locker room is just a really weird, it, it's different than what you see um I wouldn't say it's different, but it's it's more heightened than what you see on even the most extreme cases, I guess. And I mean, you know, I'm and it is what I'm it is, right so. there with you. Yeah, yeah. It's, again, like the frustration. Like, w- would we hear this talk if they were winning? No. If they beat Miami and the Lakers, even if they got blown out by the by the Knicks, would we hear this? Probably not. Uh, so it's just. Like this is, you know, right. These the, are the management, that you say the, to co- say the ma- management, and coach can be re- process based all they want. The players, at the end of the day, are result based, right? For better yep. and for worse, yep. because that's their livelihood. Like at it the end is. of the day, this yep. is their job. They yep. have to play well. If they don't, they won't be in the NBA next season. And yep. so, like I understand their frustration, but to me. As a fan of the team and as a person who has watched the NBA for a long time, this is me trying to tell fans and, you know, non-fans of the Hawks what's going on. No, that's good. It's a rebuild. You know, it's a rebuild, and you can only be so mad. Like, you can only be so (laughs) frustrated. You can't be out here being like, oh, they need to fire Lloyd Pierce. Man, I'm telling you, Lloyd Pierce is a good coach because I know what bad coaches look like. I've I've watched yeah. entire seasons of oh, bad yeah. coaching. Yep. Multiple seasons. I watched a full decade where the Hawks didn't hire a good coach. <laughs> and it was terrible. It was terrible. They right. blew chances to maybe even sniff a title right. because they wouldn't even think about putting money investing in their coach. The Hawks have a great coaching staff. That's right. They do. Yeah. I'm telling you they do. Yep. Cuz I know what a bad one looks like. If, if the coach was bad, I'd be killing Lloyd Pierce every night. But I don't. The only time I did it was the one time he made a mistake. The one time he made such an obvious mistake what that was I was that? pissed about it. The Miami game. Oh, okay. And we all know it was a mistake when he didn't call the timeout. Right. But, like, you're not going to lose your job over one mistake. Like, right. everybody makes mistakes at their jobs. That's He's human, yeah. you know? You, <laughs> you got to look big picture. You know? Like, whether they finish yeah, with 24 exactly. wins or 25 wins. Based on that mistake, really, that's not – they were still going to win what, in the what 20s. Matters, 
what matters to me with Lloyd Pierce is that when Trey Young was dog crap to begin his rookie season, yeah. he stuck through it. He kept starting him. He kept encouraging him. You know, he kept playing him. He kept, you know, he didn't try to put restrictor plates on how Trey Young should play basketball. He had faith in Trey Young, the basketball player, that he could succeed. Trey Young would not be what he is right now if Lloyd Pierce was, you know, a megalomaniac who told Trey, hey, you can't take this 30-footer. That's a dumb <laughs> shot. Yo, stop taking, stop taking right. pull-up three-pointers. Those are bad shots. Like, you, you're not making them. Stop it. You know, he, he doesn't, like, yeah, he gets this it. is a good coach. He's good, at, he's good at encouraging his young guys to fail, to continue to beat their head into the wall until they get through it. And that's the NBA. Like, it's, it's repeatedly beating your head against the wall of getting good. Like, that, that's, just, that's just the way it is at this high of a level when everybody else in the NBA is good. Like, you, as a young pup who do- doesn't know how to play in the NBA, has to relearn how to play basketball. And that's hard. And it takes time. And, again, we would, like, me and you would not be having this conversation with John Collins and get suspended for 25 games. But that's happened. <laughs> and everybody right. has to move on. We're going to move on December 23rd, and things are going to be a lot easier for everybody else when John steps, up, steps onto the floor. And we're gonna, and we're, and all of a sudden we're gonna get pieces when they win, you know, five games in a month. We're gonna be like, oh wow, you know, Hawks leadership has improved. I wonder why. I'm like, has it improved or are they just winning games now? Yeah. And it has the schedule let up. You know, it's it's a combination of things. So it's, I don't know. It's just it just feels like again, I I don't like it when when guys publicly say. We need to play harder, and we're not. We're, we're playing with a lack of effort because it just per, perpetuates the stereotype that NBA players don't play hard, which is factually incorrect. Yeah, you know, it's sleight of hand. It's not true. It's not true. But but because you just can't come out and say, "Well, we're crap," like we're just not good. Like I'm personally, right. me personally, I'm a bad basketball player, but you know, I gotta play because. I'm better than the guy behind me who sucks worse than me. Like nobody's <laughs> going to say that, and they should say that. that'd be bad yeah. leadership, right? Yeah, sell some newspapers. I just, yeah, I mean, it would it. be honesty. It'd be honesty in a way that would be uncomfortable for the team. Uh, but you know, the coach isn't going to come out and say, "Well, you know, Dwayne Denton's not here anymore." And I have to, instead of Dwayne Dedman playing 22 minutes a night, it's Damian Jones. And Damian Jones isn't nearly as good a basketball player. Dwayne Pierce is not going to say that unless yeah. he wants to be, unless he actually wants to be on the hot seat. And Dwayne Dedman wasn't that good you know, at 24. Because what Dwayne Dedman was good at I, was offense. And, you know, he was a good defensive player when he was 24. He wasn't. He wasn't really a good basketball player at age 24 either, or whatever. I think that's what no. Damian I mean, 20, 20, 22, 24 minutes a night. I mean, oh, I'm talking about age. Oh, whoa, oh, but Damian, yeah, age-wise, yeah, yeah. Correct. I mean, yeah. What, what's Damian going to look like when he's Dwayne Demon's age? He might be better at basketball then. He might not be, uh, but you know, uh, it's experiment. Sorry. Like Schlank, right. Schlank is gambling. Yeah, it's a gamble. Like it's like okay, I'm a instead of paying. D- Dwayne Dedman, X amount of dog, I'm going to try to find the next Dwayne Dedman. Right. Uh, and that's, you know, that's a fair gamble. That's... He gambled with Bruno Fernando and 
Damian and Jones. It's a, a low-stakes season, so that's why you gamble. Yeah. it's a low. That's why, me personally, I'm not bothered that John Collins got suspended 25 games because this season, to me, yeah, do it now. doesn't matter. <laughs> you know? Don't do it Evan later. Turner, do it now. Evan Turner, Evan Turner and Chandler Parsons are making, what, over $40-plus million dollars a season? Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll worry about how this how this team is winning. I'll worry about the win loss record when Travis Lane has a roster full of actually quote unquote his guys. You know you you can't yeah you know, you can't say like these are his guys. No, those are his guys at that cap number. Right. Like he traded for them at sure. their cap number. Oh, for sure, for sure. Right. Yeah. You know he traded for Challenge Parsons. And... Hello. Just because that's what you do. Right. Uh, instead of having two guys you're not going to play, yeah. we're going to have one guy we're not going to play. No, I mean. Uh, he traded He traded Kent Bazemore for Evan Turner because I don't what, know if y'all know this. Bazemore wanted. A and B, when Kevin Herter took his spot, Bazemore was terrible. Yeah. And he wasn't, he was showing poor leadership. You want to talk about poor leadership. Oh, oh no! Wait, wait, wait! No, I want to. I want to end with a positive note, and and I can segue right there perfectly. Are you ready? Go ahead. You know, we looked at this. We looked at this team at the beginning of the season. There was a lot of wait. What the heck? Uh, you know, on a few different things, and one was they really needed a backup point guard, and it hasn't been great the last couple of games. But I like Kevin Herter as a backup point guard. I think that's going to work. I think that's the best. I, I think that's the best that they can do for this season. I don't know if it's something that you know. Another question for another time is: Is that what you want uh, next season, the season beyond that? But I think for this season, I think that's the best way to roll. I personally didn't think having a backup point guard was that big of a deal, primarily because I wanted Herder with the ball in his hands more, and I wanted to see. Reddish with the ball in his hands, and I wanted to see if Bembry could possibly do it. Like I wanted, right. I wanted to see the guys they have on the roster gamble on them be able to do it instead of paying for a, for sure a quality backup point guard. You know it right. because the thing is about if you're a backup point guard, are you are you really a good player? Like it's it's complicated. Like well, some people are good at that for sure, but yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I felt the same way at the beginning of the season, but I think you know now looking at it, Reddish isn't ready. Bembry, that's just not his role, and I like the Herder version of it. And I and I wanted to see Herder grow as a ball handler and having more responsibilities and not just be backseat, you know, be a backseater to Trey Young show. Like right. I wanted him to grow as a basketball player, and I think in the long term, this is going to help his development sure. as a basketball player. Absolutely. And it's going to look a lot better for Kevin Herter in particular and his team when alongside him is uh, John Collins on the backup, which is what I believe the plan was before it all went to crap. But sure. uh, we'll see. We'll see yeah. when. Let's go. When that, that, that was back. good. You, you gave me a good hour. I appreciate it. Thank you, Tyler. No, no problem, Kevin. All right. Have a good one. You too.